Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode 104 of Teaching Tales, the podcast totally devoted to sharing stories from the world of education, stories that will hopefully encourage and inspire you. My name is Brent Coley. I am your host. I am an educator in Southern California. Um, This year, I transitioned into a new role. I'm the coordinator of elementary education, where I support the elementary schools in my district. For the past nine years, I was an elementary principal. Uh, I was an AP at the middle school level for two years before that. And for the first 15 years of my career, I taught fourth and fifth grade. So today's episode is called The Comparison Trap. And no guest today. Just me. I'm going to share a story with you that I hope will encourage you. I'm going to be a little transparent with you today in talking about something called the comparison trap. And I want to open up with sharing um, a scene from one of my favorite movies. It's an oldie but a goodie, City Slickers. I don't know if you have seen City Slickers. It is a movie, I I think it was released in... I think the mid-90s, Billy Crystal is the star. If you haven't seen this movie, it's definitely worth uh, renting uh, through a streaming service or something like that. Um, For those of you who have seen the movie, I think you'll probably agree with me. Really, really funny. Um, Just a quick summary of the movie. Basically, Billy Crystal is the star of the movie, and he's going through a midlife crisis. So he and his three friends go on a quote-unquote vacation to a real-life dude ranch out in like New Mexico or Colorado, something like that, where for a couple of weeks they are going to move, help the the cowboys move actual cattle from either New Mexico to Colorado or vice versa. Uh, It's incredibly funny, Um, but there's a scene toward the end of the movie that I want to share because it kind of sets up what I want to talk about today. There's a scene at the end of the movie where the three friends, they're riding on their horses down the trail and they ask each other the question, hey, what was your best day? And then what was your worst day? So what was your best and worst day? And they said, and you're not allowed to say the birth of your kids or your wedding day because that's too easy. So Basically, one of the friends, uh, Billy Crystal, talks about he shares kind of the background story of when his wife had found a lump and they had to have it checked out by the doctor. And for several weeks, they were just really worried that it might be cancer. And he shared that his best day was the day that they got the news back from the doctor that it was not cancer. That was his best day. Um, And then he shared his worst day. One of his friends, he shared that his best day was when he went to a ball game, a baseball game with his father. Said that no matter how much conflict there was with his dad and him growing up, baseball was something that always brought them together. So that was his best day. He described a day with his dad at a baseball game. And then he talked about his worst day. And then they get to the third the third friend. I think his name was Ed. And they said, so Ed, what, what about yours? And at first, Ed's like... No, I don't want to do this. I don't want to play. And they're like, no, no, come on. We did it. You got to do it. So after a couple moments, he says, okay. And he goes on to describe the day as a young boy that he stood up to his dad who they had just caught uh, cheating on his mom for the umpteenth time. And he basically says that that day 
we'd had enough. And, and I stood up to my dad and basically realized that, you know what, you're not just cheating on mom, you're cheating on me, you're cheating on my sister, you're cheating on us. And he, he talks about how his best day was the day that they stood up to dad and they left and he took care of his mom and his sister up until, I mean, basically for the rest of their lives. And Billy Crystal and the other friend are like, oh my gosh, like, if that was your best day, Ed, what was your worst day? And he looks at him and he says, same day. So I tell that story to kind of set up the story that I want to share here. I don't know if you've ever been asked the question, like, maybe it's your best day or your worst day, but kind of taking it a, a, a similar question, what's your greatest accomplishment or your biggest disappointment? I don't know if you've been asked that before. I've been asked that before. Recently, I was asked that question. And if I were asked, what's your greatest accomplishment? Kind of like, what's your best day? What's your greatest accomplishment? And I'm not allowed, you're not allowed to say anything related to family because obviously my family is, is what I am most proud of. Um, my amazing wife, my two kids who are now both adult, they're both 18 and almost 22. Um, they are obviously what I'm most proud of. But if I'm not allowed to, to choose them, I think probably my, one of my greatest accomplishments is the fact that I've written and published two books. For those of you who know me, I, I've written a couple of books. I wrote one for teachers, and I've recently written and published one for kids. My teacher book is called Stories of Edu Influence, and I really felt called to write that. It's, it's real-life stories from my experience with the, the implicit goal of encouraging educators, whether they're teachers, administrators, anyone in education, to remind them that their work is important and that they make a difference even on those days that it doesn't feel like they're making a difference. And I didn't write that book to make money. <laughs> that was not my that was not my goal. And it's a good thing because I have not made a lot of money on that. But again, that wasn't the goal. I didn't set out to quit my day job. I didn't set out to make money. I set out to encourage teachers. So um, that's a great accomplishment. I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of that. And then a couple of months ago, I, I wrote a children's book and I published a children's book, which once again, my goal wasn't to get on the bestsellers list or make a lot of money. My goal with that one was to write a story that kids would enjoy, to hopefully create a love of reading while providing a message that encourages values like courage and perseverance and not giving up and, and the value of faith and things like that. So if somebody was asked, were to ask me, what's your greatest accomplishment, family aside, I would probably say, wow. Writing those books, they're up there. That There's my greatest accomplishment. And if I was asked then, okay, so on the flip side, like best day, worst day, if that's your greatest accomplishment, what would be, what's your biggest disappointment? And unfortunately, I'm going to be transparent here, I would say the same thing. Greatest accomplishment, writing and publishing two books. Biggest disappointment, writing and publishing two books. And this is where I get to kind of the title of the episode. The episode, I'm calling this the comparison trap. And if I'm being honest, I have unfortunately fallen victim to the comparison trap. And what I, what I mean by that is 
whether it's on social media or or some other platform where I will see, I have seen um, other educators who have, who have written books, educators that I greatly admire. Some of them I know personally, others that I've just followed their work online who I I admire them. I've gotten their books. I've read their books. I've been encouraged by their books. I've been inspired by their books. And I see the influence that they are having on people, whether it's tweets saying like, wow, I got your book. I love it. And it seems like tweet after tweet after tweet, just saying how much of an impact these people's books have had on those who have read them. And if I'm being transparent, if I'm being honest, I've fallen into that comparison trap where I've tried to, I've compared myself to them thinking like, well, I, I, I'm not making that impact because I'm not, I'm not selling as many books as they are. I'm not, I'm not having that kind of impact because my book's not on the bestseller list like those people. Even though, as I said earlier, I didn't write these books to make money. And that is true. It is still true. I wanted to encourage people, and again, I've fallen into that fallen into that trap where I've compared myself to others, which is not a good thing. And what spurred this episode on was this: last weekend, I had the opportunity at my local Barnes and Noble. My local Barnes and Noble does a, a local author event where they invite local authors to come in if they've recently published a book to kind of have a few hours. They set up a table and and that you can sell your book and do a book signing. And I was fortunate enough, blessed enough to have the opportunity to do that. So last Saturday, I was at my local Barnes and Noble and it was such a fun day. Not because uh, I was there and I, and I was able to sell a few books, but I was able to see former students. For the last nine years, I was the principal at an elementary school. And many of those former students and their families stopped by the store to say hello. Some of them bought a copy of the book and were able to, I was able to sign that. I was honored to sign that. And some people who'd already bought a copy of the book came in to get it signed. They said, we, we already bought the book, but we want you to sign it, Mr. Coley. And that day, and this is the reason I want to share this story, because I don't want it to come off like, oh, I'm not selling enough books. Woe is me. Here's my point. Number one, I don't need to compare myself to others. I don't need to compare my book sales to anybody else's book sales because what I was taught, what I was reminded of at this Barnes & Noble event, I had students come up saying, Mr. Coley, I loved your book. Parents saying like, wow, he's, he, it's, it's, he just keeps reading it over and over again. And I was reminded of this important fact. Ironically, I was reminded of something that I wrote about in chapter 11 of Stories of Edu Influence, which is, if what I do makes a difference for one single person, all of the effort that, was, that I had to put into that work, it was worth it. Of course, we want to reach as many people as possible, but if Going the extra mile, in this case, if writing a book, if that influences positively one teacher or one student, if that encourages that one student who maybe was a reluctant reader and now is wanting to pick up a book and read, it was worth it. 
if writing that children's book has encouraged and, and, and caused a family to sit down and read together and maybe have a discussion afterward about the, the concepts and the values in the story, it was completely worth it. Doesn't matter if I'm selling a whole bunch of copies. Doesn't matter if I'm selling two copies. If I sell one copy and that family is encouraged, that student is encouraged to read, that family is encouraged to read together and have a discussion, it's worth it. If one teacher was encouraged by my book for teachers, Stories of Edu Influence, it was worth it. So I share this, gosh, my sincere hope, if you're listening to this, I'm going to guess if you're listening to this, at some point in your life, and your career, you've probably also fallen victim to the comparison trap because it's so easy to do, especially if you're on social media. Because on social media, everybody puts their, fir- their best foot forward. Everyone looks so polished, whether it's filters on pictures making us all look great. Nobody, t- nobody tends to, to post the huge mistakes that they make, the off days. They're posting all the good stuff. So I was reminded... Brent, you don't have to be on the bestseller list to make a difference. Because if one student or one teacher or one administrator was encouraged by what I did, it was worth it. And my encouragement to you listening right now, if you've fallen into the comparison trap, this is your, this is your proverbial ladder, the rope that I'm throwing down into that pit to help you climb out and say, You don't have to compare yourself. Again, I'm preaching to the choir. I'm preaching to myself. I need to hear this. But I think that there's somebody out here, maybe multiple somebodies who also need to hear this. You do not need to compare yourself. If you've written a book, don't compare yourself to other authors. Well, I haven't sold as many as them. Doesn't matter. If one student or one teacher is encouraged by what you've done, it was worth it. Going the extra mile is worth it, even if it only benefits a single person. So anyway, I hope you got something out of this. Um, Thank you for listening. Again, it's been a a little while since we recorded an episode, but I hope you got something out of this. Um, If you've already subscribed, thank you. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, thank you so much. I appreciate you you coming back. If this is your first time, uh, my prayer is that this was exactly what you needed to hear at exactly the right time. I don't believe in accidents like that. So hopefully this this. This hits you at just the right time in just the right way. Again, if you haven't subscribed, you can subscribe in your favorite uh, podcasting uh, application, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, anything like that. Or you can listen directly on my website at brentcoley.com for more information about the books. If you're interested, you can find that at brentcoley.com. So once again, uh, you don't have to fall victim to the comparison trap. You don't have to compare yourself to anyone else. The only person we need to be better than is ourselves. Be better than we were yesterday. All right. Once again, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, And until next time, have a good one.